Thanks for downloading the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Semenko. I'm the host. And today is a first for the Parent Stuff Podcast. We have a father-son team that are on today talking about being a parent and being a son. Blake and Kelly Lawson, come on. Kelly is Blake's dad, is retired Air Force, is still working as a contractor in Hawaii, and talks about deciding to homeschool their kids, being an Air Force family and moving around. And then Blake comes back and fact checks and makes sure everything's dad said was accurate what really happened but it was a great perspective just to hear a father and son talk about it and look back and reflect i hope this conversation is encouraging and helps you as you're trying to figure out parenting because of parent stuff we want to help you win as a parent thanks for downloading again subscribe so make sure you get every episode you don't miss a single one that comes out each week wherever you listen to your podcast and give it a five-star review that helps people to be able to find it makes it easier to search for it and it's good to hear feedback if you would like to talk to me or have questions email me evan at thesimplechurch.tv those are in the show notes as well would love to connect with you and hear it if you have guest recommendations or people we think we should talk to be happy to do that and would love to talk to some folks thanks for downloading this episode take a listen with blake and kelly Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Stuff Podcast. We have a first. I believe this is the first time we've ever had a father-son duo boys club on the Parent Stuff Podcast today. We're going to let our elders go first, and please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and about your family. Elder, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, so my name's Kelly Lawson. Um, I actually uh, was stationed at Barksdale for 14 and a half of my 29 years in the Air Force. Um, and uh, retired four years ago, and we're out in Hawaii. Uh, so I'm working as a military contractor at the Pacific Command Headquarters in Hawaii. So uh, I met Amy uh, there at First Baptist a long time ago. They had a uh, very good selection, and I got the pick of the litter there. <laughs> Married above my pay grade, oh, for yeah. sure. They say that the average ratio of a Southern Baptist church is five women to every man. So if you're a Christian man, the odds are good. Very there you good. Go. Hey, you <laughs> know, like it worked odds. out for me. Uh, everybody else can fend for themselves. That's right. Uh, and uh, so then we had Blake uh, almost 21 years ago. And Blake Lawson is here on the podcast. Hello. That's where Hi. church people this might recognize dad. the name. This is your dad. Woo. Yeah. That's where I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So Blake was born up in Newport uh, at the Navy War College. And then we went to Hawaii and had Ben and Anna out there. Mm-hmm. They don't Both look Hawaiians. Both Islanders. They don't look uh, yeah. Rhode Island. <laughs> Anna's long blonde hair doesn't scream Hawaiian. Right, but, right. Uh, you know, uh, citizenship is what it is, you know. And then... Uh, so that that's uh, that's kind of the uh, where we came from, and uh, then Blake, when uh, he was looking for what to do for college, uh, came back to the Simple Church, and you know we've known Justin and John and all those guys for uh, you know since the dawn of time. So they uh, made him an intern, and that worked out. And now he's on staff and going to school full time. It's a so. great hire for us. We're yeah. excited to have him. It's yeah. a little bit weird, and it's kind of frustrating. Like, this past Sunday, uh, we started a new middle school life group, a little plug there for families. So if the family wants to come, the parents can talk in one room with, you know, talk about the service. And if the kids want to come, they can play games in the other room. And we just kind of started that with uh, Shelly and Daniel Dooley this past Sunday. And uh, I told my dad, it's like, we've got a life group to go to. I don't think you're going to know these people. And then we get in, and he knows more about Daniel and Shelly <laughs> than I do. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Every time I call my mom, it's like, yeah, I met these really cool people. It's like this and this and this. And uh, she's like, oh, I've been best friends with them for years. Here, let me tell you about them. It's like, I don't know anybody the way I think I do. They're well connected. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kelly, I saw and got to know your family more through Amy. Mm-hmm. And then working at Counterculture when I was in college, they would come through. And Blake was 
five or six, mm-hmm. and your twins were little, and it just trips me out now that they're old. That means I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they keep pushing us along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, the main connection that most people will probably uh, uh, know us from is Amy's dad was Jerry Abel's, and her mom's Phyllis Abel's. Uh, who was uh, Jerry was the music minister at First Baptist oh, yeah. for about a hundred years, <laughs> roughly. Yeah. yeah. So we lost him in 2011, mm-hmm. but uh, you know uh, he would have been the perfect guy for this podcast. Oh man, I mean, he he had the parenting thing down, uh, so learned a lot from him. It's really cool because he was a mentor to Justin, and so now Justin is telling Blake stories about his grandfather that he hadn't heard and known over these last couple of years, and just a cool connection. It's, just, it's pretty trippy. It really is. It's yeah. super cool. It is. But we're glad to have you guys on. We're trying to help parents today, Kelly. You're a parent. You're still in the process of raising three kids, right? You're never done, but we do want to pick your brain and get some wisdom. But then, for the first time ever, we have fact checking, and we can get the real story from. Yes, Blake. <laughs> this is going to be a fun different board. dynamic. That's right. So, Blake, you can chime in, and we'll get that. But we really want to talk to Kelly first because he's wiser, he's smart, right? And <laughs> learn something from him for parents. You're not a parent yet, no, nope, but nope. you have been a child. And I have. You work with middle school students now, so you do have a unique perspective of mm-hmm. being around middle schoolers every day, in and out, and trying to figure out their world. But let's start with you, Kelly. Let's start. Let's break the ice. Let's give us a parenting story that you remember. At it maybe didn't necessarily fail, but one that we would all appreciate. Of parenting's not easy. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, you're you're looking for wisdom, uh, <laughs> and I think the difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge is you make mistakes and you learn on your own. Wisdom is you learn from other people, and That's so what this podcast all about. So, Help yeah. us to not do what you did. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Explain yeah. these scars. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes your your purpose in life might just be as a warning to others. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll, I'll I'll go with the knowledge uh, thing in, instead. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a series of, of uh, choices that you make, and uh, uh, you know we've had a lot of wins, a lot of loses. Uh, but uh, one of the the coolest lessons I ever learned was uh, from Jerry, and that was uh, before we got married. And this was, you know, marriage comes first, and then parenthood, and then and all that. Uh, so Jerry, being a Southern Baptist minister who loved to hunt, uh, after I had been dating Amy for a while, and it looked like it was going to be more than just a passing fancy, uh, one uh, week says, hey. Saturday, we're going hunting. And uh, it wasn't a, hey, would you like to go hunting Saturday? It was, this is a thing that's happening Saturday. <laughs> and uh, just you, you and me. Uh, well, I, I think I was on the menu uh, myself. <laughs> so, I- anything that would move out there, you know, with a shotgun, it was, it was fair game. So, uh, uh, you know, when you're deep in the woods with a heavily armed Southern Baptist minister, uh, you come to, to some agreements on how things are going to be, right? Bible in one hand, gun in the other. That's exactly, right. exactly. So so that was a lesson that I was able to take from him, because I've got a daughter, you know, and i got a couple of sons, and, you know, it's clarity funny. is a beautiful thing, so... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny, I went hunting with my brother-in-laws one time, we'd duck hunting, got up at 4 a.m., and within... Probably 10 to 15 minutes, I fell in, got water in my waders in November, and was freezing cold the rest of the day. I've never gone back. <laughs> That's nice. horrible. That's my only hunting experience. I've nice. only been, uh, I went, That's right, you went deer hunting with Mark Weldon. I Mark. love you, Mark, but it was one of the worst experience. No, I would happily go again. Not any... because of Mark. No, Just absolutely. Just hunting in general. Yeah, but uh, we went out there. I think we got there uh, 6.30, maybe 7, so a little you know, later than you. It was you like to sleep in. Yeah, still early for me. Like I still wouldn't prefer to be out there that early, but... Uh, it was a couple years ago. It was freezing. I think it was like late October, early uh, whenever. And uh, the next yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was absolutely freezing, and we didn't see so much as a bird for probably seven hours. You're and just then staring I the, at the woods. <laughs> yeah, and then I showed up. I had um, a hub meeting with Robin and them, and I was I literally had frostbite, and I was like, <laughs> lost a I, I like toe. bone shells sitting in this room. 
And they're like, it's not even cold in here. I was like, I can't, I don't know. I can't warm back up. Get warm. But uh, not the greatest experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you, uh, when when your potential future father-in-law lays down a rule and then punctuates it with a blam and some woodland creature bites the dust right in front yeah, of you. Bambi just eats it. it. Exactly. <laughs> it exactly. makes the point. It tends to, you know, it's you, you get farther with a kind word and a gun than just yeah. a kind word, you know. I guess I'll take Nora and Eliza's boyfriend's duck hunting on the Nintendo. That's <laughs> yeah. about the extent I'll have. <laughs> with a knife. Uh-huh. Chasing down ducks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blake, do you remember a story or a time? I know you spent a lot of time in the emergency room. Maybe one of those stories about you appreciate your parents now, in hindsight, taking such good care of you and keeping you alive. Well, and I definitely realize this to be the case now, but uh, looking back, I think the first couple times me and Ben and Anna got hurt, really me, I was, I think, you know, the more normal person to go to the ER. Because this is something uh, I've experienced yet. We've had no ER visits. No, not on wood. wood right there, yeah. But uh, I feel like the first couple times it was super, super serious, and it was like, okay, all hands on deck. Dad's going to come home from work. He's like in a meeting right now, but he's going to... You know, pencils Drop down, everything. pencils down. This is real deal. The whole scenario. U.S. Air Force is shut down because Blake yeah. fell and got stitches. He's taking an F twenty two to the <laughs> front lawn, but uh, but uh, seven, eight, nine times in a couple months, it's like, all right, you you you're going to figure live. it out. Yeah, you're just getting tougher at this point. Because give us the rundown. I think you have on top of your head how many stitches and things. I've and had stitches, staples, uh, glue, everything but duct tape, pretty much. And uh, holding you together. Yeah. They knew my name at Willis Knight. Yeah. Like, hey, you know how this works. Hop up on the table. <laughs> you get like a punch card. I know. <laughs> it's like seventh one's free. Uh, we never got a visit from child services, which was kind of a, you know, we were hitting that, that direction. But yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I promise I'm just clumsy. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Blake would do the, hey, watch this. And, you know, it was the toddler equivalent of here, hold my beer, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told everybody for years that those were going to be my last words is watch this <laughs> and uh, sticking to that. But my thing on was, your tombstone. I would show up to this was when we went to Providence when it was still at first Bozier before they had a whole I mean they got a crazy you were the early class I was OG but uh I was in Miss Reggio's class if you're out there Miss Reggio please I hope you listen but uh this was first grade class and I would show up with cuts bumps and bruises and she'd be like man are you okay you fought on the stairs again I was like (laughs) I really did but uh and then Ben and Anna I think Ben told her, his teacher that uh, mom screams at him every day, which is not true, nice. but that's just what was on his heart, I guess. Oh yeah. And Anna's no. Uh, okay, I told her, my teacher. I told Miss Reggio that mom was addicted to Coke and uh, Coca Cola. Oh. Phew. And uh, Anna said she drinks pina coladas every day because she had those little Sobe things. And so it was kind of you know kids say full the field things, strategy, right? like trying to take down our mom. Not really, but. <laughs> It was tough. Gaslight the teacher. She made yeah. it, yeah. Uh-huh. And then all the teachers like were close friends with mom, and they're like, "Man, she must be really she good at hiding it together." It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, child services. How did Never it not came. happen? Yeah, Seems that's so right. like Barnes and Noble, like well read, just like <laughs> super nice <laughs> bookworm. Yeah. My little sister told my grandma one time she was driving around, it was four or five, that mom made her eat trash that she had been bad, and she made her eat out of the trash. <laughs> so my grandma believed her naively and went to my mom, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And Emily's like, "I just saw it on TV. I made it that up." <laughs> It didn't wow. really happen, but that is awesome. my mamma was very concerned there. So you can't believe what the, always the kids say. Yeah. That's a good lesson. That's a good takeaway. At what point do you make them eat trash? How many <laughs> steps is there in between from like 
I can see where you get frustrated. They throw something away they're not supposed to. Their dinner, maybe get on that edge. Maybe. But yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll leave that for another time. I haven't gotten there yet. But here's another thing I think would be very unique and would apply to a lot of people here is being Air Force families moving around. So mm-hmm. Kelly, as the parent, it's one thing of having to move, find houses, doing it. But then Blake and your kids having to move around, do that. So Kelly, maybe just talk a little bit about did you learn stuff from other parents that were in the Air Force of moving around, helping your kids to adjust? What was that process like? Because y'all have moved quite a few times. Quite a few. Quite a few. We got in a. Uh, a, a way, place there for a while that every year we were moving someplace. And, wow. and, uh, so we moved from here and, uh, you know, we're real comfortable here cause I'm from Kentucky is, you know, South and, uh, Amy was from South Carolina South. So we were real comfortable here. Good food. Slow talkers is where we're comfortable. Giddy up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we went to, uh, Boston, yeah. uh, for a year. That's different, a different world up there. Sure. Absolutely love it, but it's way different. And, uh, so we, we, you have to, uh, acclimate pretty quick uh, and, you know, when you go someplace, 80% of the people are all the same. They're just good people, you know, just doing their thing. Uh, and you got that 20% that is the the one that gives it the flavor uh, that's different. And uh, so I can remember we, when we went to Boston, it was uh, right before the 4th of July weekend. Do you have a Boston accent? You got it down? No, Your not even close. From Boston. <laughs> yeah. Park the car. Park the car. Uh, Sam Adams. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and if you're ever in Boston there, they always give directions by how many Dunkin' Donuts you pass. You know, That's a real thing. Five Dunkin' Donuts this way and turn right. And a lot of them are freestanding uh, Dunkin' Donuts, but then yeah. some of them are like Bill's Mufflers and Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Thrown in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember one instance where we were at a Dunkin' Donuts, and we looked across the street, and there was another Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, their franchise <laughs> like, cost must be nothing. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, so uh, Amy and I had never lived in Boston either. Yeah. And Blake was seven, the twins were five, and so we thought our first weekend there, 4th of July weekend, we're going to go down to Boston hear Pop. the Boston Pops, you know, nice. down on the Charles River with 500,000 of our closest Ooh. friends. No, Who was the conductor at that time? Uh, no clue. It was somebody really big. I don't think it was John Williams, but it was somebody. Yeah, well, they had uh, Rascal Flatts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rascal Flatts was singing with the Boston Pops. Wow. Yeah, you definitely want to go. So we thought we'd take our seven-year-old and two five-year-olds to 500,000 people. With 500,000 people. So we're going to drive to the train station, train into the subway, subway the rest of the way there. Because we make good choices. <laughs> and uh, so we get there, and there, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. The concert was fantastic. We never saw them. We were miles away, but you right. could hear it, and it was wonderful. What year do you think this was? 2005, you said? 2005? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, we're on the way back, and somebody saw that I was holding you know, five-year-old twins, and, and uh, Amy was holding Blake. He was seven, and they're all asleep because uh, it's like midnight. Because, oh, yeah. again, we make good choices. And uh, <laughs> uh, this this group of like five or six really goth looking young people get on the train and they're all in the black this and the black makeup and black fingernails. And the ringleader had on a kilt. It was a guy had on a kilt and these uh, boots that came up to his knees and had, you know, just this Nike swoop haircut and black everything. And he was holding a salad bowl and the lady next to us engages this guy. And she's like, Oh, you must've been to a party. And he looks at her and he's ready to bow up. And he's like, why do you say that? And she goes, oh, well, you know, you don't see a lot of people with salad bowls on the uh, the subway. <laughs> and and I, I look over at Amy and I'm just like, you know, all of this and the salad bowl is what strikes her as strange, you know. So it's like, you know, so you have to acclimate to different places. Different cultures. Yeah, absolutely. And your clean-cut Air Force family. <laughs> yeah. Other end yeah. of that spectrum. Yeah, we, we just didn't really... Everybody fits there, sure. You know, so, uh, so that was that was fun. But just, yeah. just the uh, you know being open minded. You know, your way is not the only way. You know, that applies in Hawaii as well. Uh, a lot of different cultures. Just you know, appreciate people for who they are, and if they're not like you, that just makes them more interesting. 
No, that's great. So did you and Amy, do you remember conversations about what you're going to do with school or how you're going to adjust with kids and talking to other Air Force families of what to do? Because I know for me right now, our neighbor across the street, he's been great. They have a five-year-old just started kindergarten. He's Nora's best friend. Mm -hmm. He got orders. He's going to Colorado Springs in May. Mm -hmm. We're bummed they're moving. Always the good ones seem to leave quicker, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I know it's an adjustment for him. And I think about all those families of figuring that out and Mm -hmm. moving with those kids for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. If you can find some mentors uh, or people that have been there, they don't even have to be older than you, just people that have experienced that uh, before. Uh, Because when we were here, the kids went to Providence. That was wonderful. You know, private school is awesome. Uh, In uh, Niceville, Florida, and Fort Walton Beach, uh, they went to a great public school there and then heading out to Hawaii. No. Yeah, that was uh, Lewis? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then out in Hawaii, you know, we didn't know how long we were going to be there or, you know, some of those schools are great, some of them not so. So Amy says, you know what, I'm going to take on uh, homeschool. Yeah. And so she got in this classical conversations and that really, you know, it's a network and it really, really helped a lot. And we didn't know that was going to end up being all the way through high school. And so we've had many conversations of what were we thinking? You know, we make, we make <laughs> awesome <huge> choices. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when I say we uh, homeschool, that means Amy homeschools. And right. I just, you know, encourage. Uh, Disciplinarian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's The that, principal. That's me. In. The principal. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, you know, she's, she's just kept at it and it's worked fine. And, uh, you know, the, the kids seem to be able to maneuver around society. I was going to say, I, not to any insult to any homeschool kids listening. There I, are going to be some parents listening. I have known <laughs> some homeschool kids that are not well adjusted. I think Blake is one of, if not the best, homeschool adjusted there we go. person that I've met and known. You've done a great job. And Ben and Ann, I don't know as well, but seem like they're great too. And yeah. It's yeah. for some people. It yeah. is. Some people it isn't. If you're listening to this, and I bet for you, the Air Force part of that probably did play a part that you're having to start from scratch or do over and all going through the hoops. And so being homeschooled now... And you, Blake, were there. Being involved in the church was a big part of that, too, right? That you guys got infected with student ministry and helping Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, I mean, what you said definitely has merit. I think <laughs> a lot of the—it's not all homeschoolers, but it's— We're not going to paint with a broad brush. No, it's a good 80-20, <laughs> it feels like, though. And, like, there's some— There's no like, scientific uh, backing of that, but it does seem anecdotally true. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes <laughs> for a reason. But um, mom kind of— through homeschooling me, Ben and Anna kind of created the culture at our church where it wasn't really a thing before that it could happen. And that, uh, you know, especially like to not go to school does not mean you won't be socialized. Like we spent all of our time with our church. I was uh, the worship leader for our Ignite, our, um, our middle school service. And then we sang at Thrive and me and my buddies pretty much became the youth front lines team for the church up there. And we were always spending time together. And um, through mom's basically ability to do homeschooling and do it well for me and my siblings, um, a few of our friends, like I, th- I can think of three or four people that decided they could do that as well because, you know, it wasn't just that we couldn't cut it. It is that, you know, there is a problem and um, it could be better. So mom made that happen for not only our family, but other families as well. And uh, a leader. And it was good because it means I didn't have to hang out with some of the other homeschool kids. And I was like, good <laughs> night. Um, yeah, I remember the first homeschool field trip I went on. And it wasn't, most of the kids in uh, uh, CC were fine. Classical Conversations, the thing that we did every Friday. They were fine. But for whatever reason, as soon as you stepped outside those doors, it was just the Wild West of unsocialized. <laughs> and uh, 
Like, I, I went up to a group of homeschoolers on this field trip, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And um, the first thing they told me, they didn't ask my name. They said, hey, what water polo team are you on? And I said, what? And uh, I said, I'm going to be honest. I've never even so much as had the desire to play water polo. I forgot there were teams. And uh, they're like, oh, man, like, what school? You, you, you're, you're a weirdo. It was like, they're like, do you play Le- uh, Legion of Legends or uh, World of Warcraft? And I was like, I don't play either of those. And like, this kid's a freak. Get out of here. And I was like, I'm a freak amongst the freaks. But uh, definitely, you know, through mom's strong influence and uh, basically ability and willingness to teach me and my brother and sister and uh, her willingness to sacrifice all that time for us so that we – wouldn't be completely uneducated when we got out of school was, uh, you know, she impacted us, not, you know, just me and my brother and sister, but a bunch of other families, and it's really cool. Yeah. You did successfully count to 10 when we were checking the mics. I did. I had to practice on the way Shout out to Amy. I managed. There was a stumble, but yeah, he, he, he got caught through. it. He got through. Six, eight, seven, eight. So let's go back from your perspective, Blake, and when we find out you're going to be homeschooled, how old were you, and what was it? Were you for it? Were you against it? How did you feel about that thought? Um. Well... When it first came up, I knew pretty much everything that you knew about homeschoolers. I was like, oh, my gosh. I know. How old were you? Those kids. Uh, I was going into sixth grade. Okay, so middle school is a big yeah, change. Yeah, middle school is a big deal. And uh, it's funny. I work at the MSM, and I look at all those kids. I'm like, good night. You guys are, you know, especially that. Well, now it's COVID kids, so it's a completely different thing. <laughs> Everybody's homeschooled, so really it makes me feel better that, you know. You were ahead of the curve. Yeah. It's like now you all get to feel it. But um, I was not super excited because this was coming from Florida. And uh, up until that point, we'd moved pretty much, what, every single year before Florida. Mm-hmm. And we stayed there for two years. And so I did f- fifth grade. No, I did fourth grade and fifth grade. And I was like, that's the biggest deal ever. I was plugged in with all my friends. We went to school on base. And then we went to middle school, uh, fifth grade off base. And, um, like, all my same friends came with me. And I was like, this is absolutely crazy there's no way uh i didn't even want to move to hawaii ben and anna were kind of stoked because <laughs> i think they didn't have really what i had found yeah. at lewis but that middle school man those were my people i was playing ba- that's the first year i played baseball right <clears throat> i was like this is the best that life can be and um i didn't really want to you know change is always scary especially for a kid and i think you know being military all our lives that made us more I don't think it made us more ready and open to change. I think it just prepared us that it was going to happen. Right. So I don't think we were like, all right, well, another year, we got this. I think it was like... It wasn't you know, a shock. A, no, it's like we've got our family, so at the end of the day, we're not going to die. We're going to be okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was scary. And then when I think we did it, I think the first year was kind of tough because not only did we not know anybody in Hawaii, like we knew a couple people from before in like 2003... When you guys lived, when we lived there, but um, it's not. It wasn't like a we didn't know anybody, and we didn't have an opportunity to meet anybody. Right. And then when we did CC, it everybody we met <laughs> wasn't actually you know awe inspiring. But uh, through the church, I mean that was the biggest thing. So if there are any homeschool parents listening, bring them to church, get them plugged in, be a part of the team. That really changed the whole game. I think without our church, without the worship team and my friends at YPAC and uh, that was the Youth Performing Arts Center people. All those guys are still my friends today. And um, really that church and those people were the reasons that we stayed in Hawaii for as long as we did. Because it was going to be, what, did we get another 
we just you decided to retire there, so we didn't have to be there as long as we were. We could have stayed and gone somewhere else, but that was you know we created a family there and through homeschool and through the church, it was really a unique experience where we didn't have to go to school every day if we wanted to do a field trip and just say we're gonna do math and then go to the beach. It's like <laughs> you were open to do that, so it was really really unique and. It's a great experience. A little more scenic. So I'll just show you real quick, too. Yeah. Plug for student ministry. We're yeah. biased. There's a bias in here, but it's for a reason because student ministry was the same thing for me that it really helped me come out of my shell. I wasn't homeschooled, but I was very shy. And being involved, helping, starting to serve, those things really do make a difference. Absolutely. So if you're a parent of a teenager that maybe they're hesitant to go or nervous, I hated going when I was in sixth grade. Promotion Sunday, they had inflatables, and I cried and threw a fit in the parking lot. And we actually left because I was nervous moving from fifth grade to sixth grade with yeah. Justin, who was actually the middle school pastor mm -hmm. and I was awful <laughs> I treated my parents bad and didn't want to go and they pushed through it because they understood the value and I know that it was hard for them now in hindsight but that changed my life it was a huge influence that they overcame that barrier and didn't just give up and say ah we're not going to try and do it right and so for middle schoolers now Blake does a great job handed it off to him excited for what he's doing and trying to help middle schoolers and high schoolers to get involved and plugged in because they need another group of people even if they're not homeschooled that you hopefully have that place to go so Kelly let's go to you from the parent perspective of that how was that and again Amy's not here to defend herself but were those hard conversations that it ever feel like quitting was it working not working what was that like of when your kids maybe aren't as excited as you guys were about homeschooling or starting over there yeah well and and uh Amy just did a magnificent job of this whole thing because you know you, you're figuring it out as you go right uh I mean by the time you know how to do it you've already had They're to have figured it out yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's over right uh but I, I think we had a lot of discussions about you know why did we start this you know um uh, because there's always going to be bumps in the road that you, you just don't see coming and uh but we also would have conversations about the kids are resilient we're not going to break them you know, uh, we're going to do everything mentally or physically with Blake. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he's a self-service breaker, uh, you know, ask our emergency room guys, but, uh, you know, just do the best you can and keep going and they're going to be fine and you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, you know, when they go to public schools, they're not going to have a perfect experience they're, when they go to a private school, they're not going to have a perfect experience. So just cutting yourself a break, I think was one of the, the biggest deals because, you know, you want that perfection and you want to get them every single uh, advantage and, uh, and then just after a while, uh, backing off a little bit and just present the material giving them the tests, you know, and, and is accepting that it, it's as good as you can do. And, and, and that's fine. And it, you know, it, it's turned out, uh, turned out fine. You, but you just have to give yourself a break yeah. uh, as you go. Hold it to this ideal that nobody can meet, right? It's not exactly. a perfect world. Right. And there is no perfect situation. Right, right. Trying to do what's best for you and your family and help. And again, yeah. we are big fans of Blake, well-adjusted young man. Yeah. Turned out pretty good. So Well, and all three of our kids are so absolutely different uh, mm -hmm. personality-wise. There's three absolutely uh, different. So the stuff that works with Blake is not going to work with Ben and Anna, you know. So, right. you know, yeah. That's one of the advantages of homeschool is you can uh, tailor a little bit easier mm, to what the kids uh, need and go with their pace and, you know, find out what they're interested in and, and uh, what you can. You know, everybody needs to read and write and arithmetic and all that, but there's a lot of... <laughs> the three R's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do in the cracks to, to tailor it to the kids. So uh, I think yeah. the biggest advantage for that with us was that, you know, yes, we got the education i hope like but i mean i haven't used geometry since but what i do use all the time is that uh you and mom were always pushing us to just try things that we were interested in 
and to be involved in things even if we didn't really want to be. Mm-hmm. And like baseball, I, you know, at Lewis, I didn't really want to. I was nervous, but you guys pushed me to do that. And it became something I love, something that I still love. Push in a good way, right? Because there's a negative connotation about pushing. And we all know parents that their dream is their kid's going to be in in Major League Baseball. And they push them to do things under that. Mm -hmm. But I think that's that balance, right, of, for me, I think about my parents, that was church. The nudge, maybe, is a better word than push. Right. But it was something that they knew was important. They knew it was a value we'd benefit from. Even if you don't want to do it, you overcome that. And now you can look back and see, even though you didn't want to do it at the time, you're glad that they did. Yeah, absolutely. And the the nudges you guys gave me shaped what I'm still doing. Like, you nudged me to do baseball. It became something I love. You nudged me to do uh, try out for the, the musicals that our church was doing, which became, you know, our link into the youth programs and the, the worship and all that. And uh, I actually missed the first auditions day because I got nervous and I didn't want to do it. I just saw myself as a baseball kid. <laughs> I want to do that. And uh, just go through school. I didn't know if I wanted to be, I didn't want to be MLB or anything, but I was like, these are my friends. This is what I want to do. And um, mom again nudged me. She said, if you don't do it, I love you. If you do it, I love you. You're not going to fail me either way. <laughs> right. Um, Which is a big thing. I mean, no, you need to yeah. hear that for sure. Absolutely. But my sister done one. So Anna was braver than me from the jump. But uh, I did that and it became, you know, if I, if you guys hadn't nudged me, I probably wouldn't be here. So it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it is, we we do that with food as well. Uh, oh man, you know that's we, a big we've, thing. It's a we've fight done a lot of right places. Now. Yeah, yeah. You can't say you don't like it unless you try it. And if you try it and you don't like it, yeah, there you go. So we have somebody in our house. We use an example between me and Mallory that we don't want our kids to come. That you would know, Jeff Luce. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna try to branch out. Eliza's a picky eater right now. We're trying to do that, but there's some people that we would like to expand horizons. He actually came to visit us in Hawaii, <laughs> and I was like. Y'all are cheese pizza kids. This is like we go to Duke's or, uh, you know, Matsumoto's or wherever, like the coolest restaurants in Hawaii in the nation. And they're like, yeah, I'll have uh, chicken strips. I'm like, <laughs> they've got food you've never heard of here. Like, get a loco moco, dog. the horizon. That's right. <laughs> like, I'll have a, you guys do sweet tea? It's like, dude, come on. My other favorite story is John Hagler went to Africa and we did a mission trip. It was awesome. over there for 12 days. Three meals a day, he ate peanut butter crackers. That is the only thing he ate he brought Two with him. Two weeks. Is that right? Twelve straight days. Did not branch out and try anything. Wow. Give him a hard time about that. So that's the kind of kids I don't want to have, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I appreciate, too. <laughs> We're in that fight right now with Eliza, three-year-old, and it is not always fun, but she's going to try something. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> Got to give him a little push. That's right. Yeah. Nudge. I like yeah. the nudge. nudge. That's a good... We're going to coin that. Yeah. The parent stuff, nudge. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap up on this. Time's going. It's flying by. We're talking about technology all through this season because that seems like the biggest thing that when I talk to parents, parents our age, it is unprecedented. It really is. And so you grew up with it. You probably remember not having a computer in your house. (laughs) Then you started Blake having the internet coming up and being a little bit younger than me. What was that like? How did you guys decide as a family what you're going to do? And even now still, you have teenagers at home. What does that technology in your house look like? You know, it's it's a a constant kind of a balance uh and when the kids were younger we had this thing called circle that yeah. uh you know you mm-hmm. could kind of you could physically control how long uh they were on net and nanny what's that, that? one net nanny yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and uh i remember that all the parental controls on all the you know video whatnots uh and then as they would get older we'd you know uh, let them make more of their own decisions and kind of back off and then now you know we've completely given up and so what did some of those making their own decisions look like what age kind of do you remember specific uh not so it was kind of a gradual thing and uh so uh 
it's hard to uh, to put words on sure. it, but uh, we stopped the circle probably. I don't know, seven, eight years ago, and it was more of a, and here's the rule, and you just do it instead of, we're making you do it. Right. And so you build that habit pattern. Or you get it taken away. <laughs> or, or you get it taken away. Yeah, there's always the uh, always that. Um, and then, uh, and of course, now the kids are to the age where it's, you know, you know what to do, just do that. Sure. And, uh, and, and let them uh, have more of their own decisions. But uh, i tell you what, it is humbling uh, because, you know, I, I grew up, you know, nobody had... Uh, flip phones or anything like that, and then uh, then when Blake was young, you know, everybody had the Blackberries. You know, oh yeah, it, mm-hmm. it usually See, my not... dad was the Nokia, the fifty one sixty. We play Snake. Me and my sister would fight. When he <laughs> I got played uh, Break Baker, Break Breaker with uh-huh, my, yeah. my Blackberry. That yeah, the cool. best thing about the the Blackberry was whenever Blake would bump into something, and Amy could call me and go, "Hey, there's blood." You know, and go, <laughs> yeah. you know so it's good good there, and, which happened know, a lot. Yeah, and and but it's humbling how. The kids have grown up with it, and it's just part of their DNA. And uh, you know, I mean, I, I was in Air Force test for five years, you know, and was thinking, yeah, I'm all about technology. Right. Well, yesterday morning or day before yesterday, we went to Planet Fitness, and I'm trying to get in the door, and the lady's like, okay, to be a guest, you have to have downloaded the app and the you know Scan Apple ID. And I couldn't remember what my Apple ID was, and <laughs> and so you know, Blake had to jump in. And you're and, using some of the most advanced technology in the world, protecting our country, and then you can't get in the Planet. I, Fitness. I can't get into Planet Fitness. <laughs> You know, and at 7 a.m., you know, my motivation is not that high sure. to be there in the it's first It's a barrier place. to entry. Yeah. So. Maybe if the app were called a SATCOM or a Fridgerat or whatever, <laughs> like, fridge, if it had an anagram or yeah. something, you'd be able to do it. Yeah. Figure so, it out. So so Blake jumped in and, and made it all better, and, you know. Look at that. Here I'm the old guy. A benefit to this younger generation. Yeah. Maybe. So how old were your kids when they got phones? Because that's a big conversation. Oh, uh, Blake, how old were you? Uh, mm, 13? Something so, like that, and then school. Ben and Anna, probably two years later, right? I mean, yep. we tried to try to, you know, we, we experiment on Blake, and then sure, what works, Oldest. you know, <laughs> we use it later. Uh, so I guess I guess about thirteen. Yep. So were there rules? Did you guys have them check them in? Did they have passwords. Oh, yeah. You read stuff. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Amy had all the passwords and uh, and kind of monitored that, you know, pretty close. Just because I mean, there's there's a lot of great stuff out there on the internet. There's a lot of evil out sure. on the internet. So uh, she wanted to be able to, you know kind of uh, monitor that whole thing, uh, just keep people safe. And, and you know, uh, we had talk with, talks with the kids about, uh, you know, not answering strangers and those kind of things. And, Stranger and, uh, danger. Yeah. So I'm sure we... Uh, we now could... nobody answers anybody in it. <laughs> ben, pick up your phones yeah. at night. Yeah, if you don't you recognize know it's the Blake. number... There's caller ID. Yeah. yeah. I remember a world with no caller ID. He had no idea yeah. who was on the other side of that phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I, you know, I wish we'd had a, like a checklist of here's the things to talk about, but it was really kind of a just make it up as you go uh, yeah. back then. Well, I think right the other thing, too, is I try to bring on parents that I think have done a good job that raise kids that I want my kids to be like and I think will benefit. You are definitely one of those. We love your family. We're big fans of y'all. So it's permission for parents that I think are struggling or maybe even have friend circles where they're like, I'll just let them figure it out. It'll be kids, be kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. So just to hear another parent say, you had passwords, you monitored, you mm-hmm. checked it. Mm-hmm. It's your device, not theirs. You mm-hmm. own it. And being able to do that, I think it's just, it helps because sometimes everybody else in your circle are perceived as, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if I really want my middle schooler to be completely untethered and have whatever they right. want on the internet yeah, at any time absolutely. of day. Yeah. And it is just I think okay, and it's good to hear you say that. So even without the specifics, just to know that I yeah. think helps, and it's that conversation we want to have. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, as we were going along, you know, Amy was reading everything and talking to other parents and uh, other parents that she, you know, felt were reasonable and, yeah. and 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 mentors. You know, mentors are so so important. So, but you know, at the end of the day, then then you glean all that 
good advice and do what works for you. And what works for one kid may not work for the, another one. So That's a good point. And you don't know this, but we just had Brittany Spivey on this last episode of Parent Stuff, and she just said the exact same thing. That wasn't a planned thing. Didn't uh, tell you all to say that, but it is true that you have older mentors, people that are parents. So for us, we do a life group. We have a mentor couple, Bill and Ann Allred, mm-hmm. that are there and help younger parents. And being a part of a life group, having those friends, being around it is doing that. Here's real-time text tips. Your phone wasn't on silent, and Blake just silenced your phone for you. You heard the text message. Help your elders. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but having a mentor, having other people around you, and that is another plug for us, for life groups is what we call it, because if you wait until you're in crisis or if it's too late, you can't go and really do that. You can't just go up to strangers and be like, oh, I don't know what to do with my kids. Yeah. But when you have friends, y'all right. have Sunday school classes, if it's mm-hmm. Blake and doing life groups for middle schoolers, the parent life group that he just started, what a great idea to be able to come and connect and talk to other parents and figure it out and try to do it as it comes up, right? Yeah. And you try to have a conversation topic, but really it's what happened in your life. Yeah. And be able to do that and having those friends, other parents, prefer- preferably godly friends that are trying to follow God and do the right thing. Nobody's perfect, but you have that to bounce off of. I think it's just really important, and that's why we do what we do at Simple Church. That's why we're trying to help, and that's why we have this podcast, that you're listening to this who knows where, anywhere around the world. We have people in other countries listening, and you're trying to figure it out. You may be an Air Force family that's in a new place, and just to know that there's somebody else and try to help and have those conversations a big deal. So thank you all for coming on. Absolutely. Father, son, first one. Put it on the book. Nailed it. That's right. right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the Parent Stuff Podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to that conversation with Blake and Kelly. It's fun having a father and son on together and be able to hear both sides of a story. If you're a parent, we hope that helps you, especially all the Air Force families. Cannot imagine how difficult that is, moving and starting and stopping and all the things that go into that. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being willing to help protect our country and hope that helps some of you. And even if you're not an Air Force family, hope that conversation was insightful, gave you some stuff to win as a parent to help to learn. And Thanks again for downloading and subscribing. If you don't subscribe, make sure you hit that button so you get the new episode every week automatically wherever you listen to podcasts and leave it a five-star review. That helps other people to find it, makes it easier to search for, and would love to hear feedback from you. Have a guest recommendation or any questions, email me, evan at thesimplechurch.tv. And thanks again for downloading.